Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> okay, well, this uh, the World Cup began this past week, and of course, everybody is eagerly looking forward to seeing how the American men's team will do this year as they compete on the world's largest stage. Uh, but of course, I'm being facetious and perhaps even a bit sarcastic. After all, we all know that the American men's soccer team didn't qualify for the World Cup this year. It's sad, it's disappointing, and perhaps even embarrassing. But the truth is, Team USA is not considered to be one of the premier teams in terms of international soccer. And that's frustrating. After all, we all know that just about every neighborhood and town in America, soccer is often the very first organized sport that our young kids are introduced to, usually around the age of five or six. And soccer enthusiasts uh, keep banging the drum that the development of American soccer has made major strides. Look at the, for example, the growing acceptance of Major League Soccer as an example. No question... Soccer has risen in popularity in the United States. Now, of course, to be objective and fair and honest, it hasn't reached the heights, let's say, of Major League Baseball or the NFL, the NBA, even the NHL. But soccer is definitely growing in this country, and it's been growing now for several decades. So my question this morning to you is quite simple. Why hasn't American men's soccer reached the heights that it's supposed to? Lots of experts point to the way that in which we develop young soccer players in the country is the major concern. Look, I know you have opinions about this, and of course our number is one 337 6666 That's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. But I know you have opinions about this, and here, here are my overall questions as we talk about soccer this morning here in the United States. Number one, is it because... As some people feel that the very best American male athletes opt to play football or baseball or basketball or lacrosse or ice hockey instead of soccer, particularly once they reach their teenage years? I mean, we know a big percentage of talented athletes turn away from soccer by the time they reach adolescence. Is that the issue? Is it because American soccer players don't practice their game enough like their, like their counterparts in South America and in Europe? Or is it because American coaching isn't as good as it is overseas? I know that's something that people talk about all the time, that American soccer instruction isn't the same as, as over in Europe or in South America. After all, we have plenty of travel and club teams, and we have you know, lots of those, and coaches who are supposed to be top-notch. But are they really top-notch? Another opinion. 
Is there some fundamental flaw in the way the governing body, U.S. Soccer Federation, is running our developmental youth programs in this country? Is it because American soccer, like so many youth sports, well, that they become a victim to affluence? That is, only those kids who come from relatively wealthy families can afford to play on travel and club teams in soccer? Is that the concern? I mean, look, let's be honest. How is it possible that a tiny country like Iceland, Iceland, has a national population of around 300,000 people? I mean, that's smaller than the population of Staten Island. How is it possible that Iceland's become a growing power in soccer? How come with all of our wealth and expertise in the United States, we can't emulate what Iceland has done? I mean, the head coach of the Iceland team, he's a dentist. That's his full-time profession. I mean, this is, and Iceland has sort of built their program over the last few years, not decades, just the last few years. And now they're, they're taking on top teams in the World Cup, tying Argentina with traditional powerhouse. How, how could they do this in Iceland? Not exactly a hospitable place in terms of climate. How have they done this? And we're still trying to just get into the tournament. I mean, in terms of our youth programs, how come we have so few rising young stars? Uh, yeah, sure, we have Christian Pulisic, but, um, of course, you know, he plays professionally in Germany, not, not here in the, in the States. I mean, who else? When, when the American team lost to Trinidad and Tobago, the truth is, if you looked at the starting roster of that game, and I'm hardly a soccer expert, but most of the American starters were 25 years or older. Just a few kids who are under the age of 25 played in that game. Now, of course, as I mentioned, soccer has risen in popularity. Major League Soccer has been in existence for 25 years now. 25 years, that's a long time to build a quality program in the country. And yet we have more than 3 million kids between the ages 5 and 19 playing soccer in the United States, but we're somehow we're just not getting to the highest levels. Maybe the kids aren't getting the right coaching, or they're, facing, they're not facing the right competition, or something's not working here. So I'm eager to get your thoughts uh, at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six, our lines are open. So I just mentioned I my all three of my kids uh, played soccer as kid as they were growing up, uh, but it's not a sport that I played in my my youth. So I'm hardly an expert in this, and so I'm eager to get your thoughts and comments about this because I just don't know why we haven't gotten to this level where we should have. As I said, I used the perfect example of Iceland a tiny country, they have progressed, and they are playing on the world's largest stage and doing well. And how come we can't get there? How come we can't get over the hump? And again, I don't know. Is it the coaching? Is it the, the best kids play other sports? Is it because of the affluent issues? Is, is it because of U.S. Soccer Federation and their rules and regulations? Is it just too bureaucratic? I don't know. Let's, let's find out. Okay, let's, let's start our calls this morning with... Uh, with Bob out of Connecticut. Bob, good morning. You're on the fan. What do you think the problem is? Hey, good morning. You, you, you touched on all of them. I mean, it's not obviously not one simple answer, but I think one big thing that uh, is very different in this country is soccer is the sports culture almost around the globe. Yeah. And they live, eat, and sleep, and we don't necessarily do that. I think that's a big factor. Uh, I was watching one of the matches yesterday, and Alexi Lala brought up an interesting point about the whole Iceland thing. His comment was, well, Iceland's a different story. Suppose we just fielded a team from Southern California, as an example. Uh-huh. I started thinking about that, and I said, you know what? He might be onto something there because, you know, our, our, our national program is so unwieldy. 
I wonder if that hurts us at some level in development. Now, I'm not saying it's the answer, but it might be part of the answer. But if you just you know grab the team from Southern California, had them play all the time, and they you know are just really driven to succeed, who knows? Something like that might work. But uh, don't dismiss the fact too: the United States has had some pretty good successes on the world stage. Correct. You know, they've been to the they've been to the quarters a number of times. You know, you want to keep progressing from there, but it ain't easy. You know, these teams are unbelievable. They're competing against, and even you saw it a couple of years ago against Belgium. Um, you know, yeah, but Bob. Uh, Tim Howard stood in, he stood in his head that day, but we just were dominated by you know uh, arguably a second tier <laughs> European team. That's my point. And look, of course, it, it, I guess the the truth is that the the American team has been inconsistent. That's the word. That's the adjective we want to use. As you said, I remember watching that game against Belgium, thinking, "Hey, wait a minute, we're the United States. We are accustomed to being number one." Uh, because we are the wealthiest nation in the world, we have great education, great facilities, and Belgium was dominating that game. As you mentioned, Tim Howard was was doing a tremendous job. I think he set a record that day uh, for most saves in a World Cup. But it's Belgium, for goodness sakes. Not to take away from Belgium, but come on now, really? I mean, we have to... We have to scramble against school uh, countries like that. It doesn't make any sense. Something isn't working. And as you said, maybe it's the way to, the way they do is just to isolate a particular region of the country and say, okay, that's going to be our place just to have you know field a soccer team. I don't know, but it's a huge issue to be sure. Hey, Bob, thank you for the yeah, thought. But, Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. You know, I'm, I'm, so Bob says, okay, all those issues are part of it, but who knows? Let's move on. Let's go to. Uh, to Mark in Manhattan. Mark, hi there. You're on the fan. How's it going? Yeah, Mark. So, I mean, basically, we can't be everything for everyone. You know, if every one of our athletes played soccer, we would dominate the world. The part is the best athletes aren't playing soccer. And the deal is, in any sport, what would you have, a great play or a great player? Give me a great player every time. Okay, it has nothing to do with instruction. We can teach these kids for as long as you want to teach them. It's all about the athletes. We don't focus on soccer from the moment they're born, and these other countries do. It's just that simple. There's nothing else to look at. Economics really don't mean much in this sport. So it has to come down to the athletes. We don't have our best athletes playing soccer. They're playing basketball, and they're playing football. They're not playing soccer. But, Mark, here's the thing. All right, well, thank you for that. I, I would just say I was to counter that by saying, okay, so are you saying that in these other countries, all their top athletes are only playing soccer? Well, but we know that there are top athletes from all over the world playing all different other sports as well, including basketball, including baseball, including ice hockey. So I, I'm not sure I'm going to buy into that, uh, that rationale. I mean, I, I just feel that there are so many talented athletes and, and obviously they find their own way and find their passion in their particular sport. And particularly in the United States, where we have so many millions of kids playing soccer, something, something goes sideways, something goes haywire as they get into the more competitive levels. And I think that's the reason why we have some concerns. But again, I'm just, I'm, that's just one, one aspect of this one facet. Let's move on. Let's go to Luke up in Westchester County. Hey, Luke, you're on the fan. Hey, Warren, Rick, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've had a big issue with this all along because my number one thing is why is our women's soccer a powerhouse Correct. in national and then our men's can't even get into the World Cup? 
So my big thing is if you look at how the women uh, are being coached and the small area games and the way they're working with their development, I think they're doing the right thing. I think the men's group is not doing that. They're trying to play these young kids on these big fields. They're not doing the small ice games. Everybody's just in lines. Um, you know, I, I kind of de- disagree with the last caller. I think there are athletes out there. I just think the way they're doing it and the soccer development model is not the correct model that we have. And USA Soccer has to look into that because there's no way our men's team should not at least be in qualification for yeah, I, a World I, Cup. Look, I, I think you you're, uh, I think you have voiced exactly what uh, my concern is, and a lot of other American sports fans. Uh, and Luke, thank you for the call. Whether whether they're hardcore soccer followers or just casual sports fans, they're saying, "What's going on?" All we hear is about a soccer and the growth of MLS and this and that, and we don't even get into the World Cup. And I understand. I guess the word is inconsistent. That's the word I would use. Yes, we've had some years in the past where the American men's team has done well, uh, but they are inconsistent. And, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's just odd that they can't get past Trinidad and Tobago to get into the World Cup. Uh, it doesn't doesn't add up. Um, and I said, I, I, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, obviously, people are concerned. Uh, if it all starts with the way U.S. Soccer Federation runs developmental for youth programs and their coaching, I don't know. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. When I return after uh, John Minko's update, I'll go right back to taking your calls about what is wrong with U.S. soccer with the men's team. Okay, stay with me. Back with more after this. And actually, I'll be at it the uh, Old Timers Day as well with my youngest daughter, Samantha, looking forward to... Uh, all the fun and festivities at Yankee Stadium uh, later this morning. Right now, I've asked the question, why hasn't American men's soccer grown to become an international power? Obviously, as we all know, they are not playing in the World Cup. I mean, there are 32 national teams competing, not the United States men's. And, uh, you know, we've our men's team has certainly has qualified and advanced uh, in the rounds in the past. But, you know, we just aren't very consistent. As opposed, for example, to the American women's program, which has thrived and has become dominant over the years. But why haven't the American men's team, what's going on? You know, MLS has been around for a long time. U.S. Soccer Federation has been around for a long time. Why haven't we gotten this formula right? What is not working here? one 337 6666 that's the number. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Brian in Hollywood, Florida. Brian, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. A um, couple of points. Just first of all, uh, the women. Um, you got to understand. I mean, it, it's tied into the kids. Uh, the, 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 in terms of just the youth, the guys. The guys know when they break away. Listen, I might be able to, with a little help and some talent, I might go play center field for the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. or the Minnesota Twins, or the LA Dodgers. Uh, I might be able to cover, you know, Odell Beckham. You know, at least in a preseason game, we'll make an NFL roster with the talent and the good fortune and the health, of course. The girls, I mean, it's just about talent pool, the size talent pool. A lot of those girls, they're probably not going to do those things. So, I mean, this is my, this is one of my primary sports, basically tied into, or basketball, which is another sport where they actually become professionals. Um, <clears throat> I really think it's just about the size and the talent pool. I mean, so, Brian, your, 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 Perspective, if I understand this correctly, is the fact that the with the, the the men there are more possibilities to go pro in a variety of sports, whereas the women they're they're somewhat limited in terms of the professional opportunities. So it's either soccer or or pro basketball. Is, is that what you're saying? Or 
Yeah, for the most part, I really do. And, you know, another, another point, if I may, it's a little, and I, and I, I mean no offense, but it's a little arrogant to think that we should compete <laughs> at the highest yeah, level. I, Uruguay, I, Uruguay, I mean, listen, I, I'm not exactly sure what the population of Uruguay is, but I guarantee you <laughs> 90% of those kids sit in their third or fourth or fifth grade classrooms dreaming about playing one sport. And it isn't water polo, uh, which they're actually <laughs> yeah. very good at. No, that's, I wasn't a joke. They're actually I, very good at that. No, but I, I, no, I think to, no, I think what you're saying is that yeah, we are. Um, am I being or Americans a bit arrogant that yes, uh, we're because we're, I mean, I dreamt about you know I, I'm a New York Giants fan, but I, I grew up in the '80s. I'm 47. I grew up you know dreaming in my third, fourth grade class about you know playing the same defensive backs with Lawrence Taylor, and Carl <laughs> Banks, you know. But that wasn't you know that's not going to happen. But that was my dream. I, Brian, I hear you a lot. Let me move on to other calls, but Thank I hear you. you. Thanks for, for chiming in this morning. You know, and, and Brian's point is that, yeah, maybe there is a bit of uh, arrogance in the fact that uh, we Americans feel that we should be successful and be, you know, at the top of the pile. Well, yeah, that's true. But that, quite frankly, I'm sort of proud of that uh, and that, that competitive streak that Americans have. And I think that that's fine. But, yeah, so why aren't we there? We're not even in the tournament. We're not even one of the top 32. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Stan over in West Orange, New Jersey. Hi, Stan. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, love the topic. Uh, a lot of good points made so far. Uh, played high school uh, ball back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, watched the game change. It's obviously evolved quite a bit. Yep. Some of the things that I, I quickly, I, I'll mention, I don't think the game has progressed because there hasn't been an instinctively iconic player in the game from America yet. That's, that, that basically attracts more talent. Um, obviously, we've got the other issues with the diversity of sports here in the U.S. Uh, I don't think the team is as battle-tested as it should be. We have the opportunity to go play all over the world. I don't think we play enough against good competition. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that I think some of the coaching here that we've seen, it, it, soccer is a flow-type game. They're, we're too robotic at times. We need somebody to be able to think outside the box a little bit on the coaching side and let some of the talent that we do have actually, you know, progress and maybe actually take over. If we need to be more offensive, let's be more offensive. If we need to be more defensive, we need to be more defensive. But you can't just play one way, and I think we're too robotic. Stan, that's an interesting perspective I haven't heard before. Are you suggesting that maybe the American mindset is such that uh, we our kids grow up in various sports, knowing there's going to be pauses like there are in baseball, or you can call timeout and have a have a manager go out or a pitching coach go out to the mound, or in football or basketball, there are timeouts all the time, whereas in, in soccer, you know, it's just continual flow, and, and that perhaps, you know, American kids just aren't accustomed to understanding that they need to have the ability to, to go with the flow, to, to, to be as... as um, let's say, uh, as athletic and creative as, as, let's say, the Brazilian soccer team is. I mean, is. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, what I'm saying is, is that you have, obviously, you have center forwards that are very, that are very good out of either South America or Europe, uh, primarily, if you take a look at Portugal or someone like that. Uh-huh. But, but the thing is, is that they allow those players, basically, if they want to go one-on-three and, and basically dribble down the field, they they do it and they don't they don't think about passing off or let's go and basically pass our way up the field. 
They just let those people go. They, they think instinctively about just progressing without thinking about, well, we have to make five passes in order to get the ball in front of the goal. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, you know, whatever the issue is, and Stan, thank you for the call. Whatever the issue is, obviously we got to figure this out. Let's, uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Alex over in Staten Island. Hi, Alex. Hey, how you doing, Rick? Good, what's up? Uh, so, 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 I mean, the biggest thing I think right now is just the money, the finance, and how we are pitching it to children, pitching it to kids. The biggest thing is that, yo, the World Cup is an amateur tournament. It's like the difference between winning an Olympic championship and winning an NBA championship. We are, we should be looking more at like winning the Champions League through MLS or something like that, like a higher standard. Because the whole country is looking at that. I mean, motivating little Brazilian kids through money. And to people that, like, okay, you get to come to New York, and you get to get paid tons of money, and then you get to come home with that money and be the man. In America, you can make all that money. You will not come home, and you will not be the man. You will not have the money, and you will not get the honey. Hmm. And that is something that, uh, if you can't fix that, you can't give these people the glory that sports has been showering on people for the last four centuries. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting perspective as well, Alex. Uh, you know, I am... Um... Uh, and th- thank you for at uh, this morning. You know, I, 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 the money aspect is certainly there, but I would dare say that uh, by the time kids become aware of the financial rewards of whatever sport they're playing, whether it's soccer or football or basketball, they're probably already into their teenage years, and um, they're not going to usually change their, their sport or their passion at that, at that age. They're already sort of locked into the system. And at, let's face it, we know that professional soccer players – around the world make fabulous, fabulous amounts of money, uh, just like uh, their, their counterparts uh, in the States here in basketball and, and football and, and baseball. Let's go to Adam in uh, here in New York City. Adam, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? Good. How are you, Adam? You too. Uh, well, first I wanted to actually respond to the uh, best athletes comment, but yeah, I just think the previous caller should, should realize that um, – a, I think plenty of honeys do turn into the World Cup, and B, that most of these soccer federations offer um, just about a million dollar prizes if they win. So there's still some incentives in place. Of but, course, uh, of course. But re- regardless, about the best athletes comment, I, this is one that really, really gets to me because, and I, I could, I could name a number of examples within the World Cup this year. But look at a player like Andres Iniesta for Spain. I mean, if he took, if he went to the NFL Combine and did that spark test for the athleticism, yep. he'd probably be in less than less than 1%. And he's about to go down and retire as one of the all-time greatest players. And even Messi, Mohamed Salah, these guys are not distinguished at, for their athletic ability, and that has certainly not been the limiting factor with uh, American talent. What it, what it really seems to be over time, and what uh, I'm no expert in this, but I do, I do enjoy reading on this topic, is um, it's been a lot of biases within player selections at youth issues over time and it's sort of not really picking players on the on the right merit, maybe looking for for larger players and not picking some of the eight and nine year olds who are a little bit smaller and continuing to coach then for a win loss mentality um, in the youth system and not really coaching for playing style and playing system and then yeah, things kinda hit a, a breaking point this past cycle with Clinton and the lack of tactics and that really was a boiling point, but um, between Pulisic and then you look at Timothy Weah and McKenney, I think we are in great hands, and there's really been a, a wake-up call as far as that perspective and, and, and how we're, we're looking at player development for ourselves, but um, 
It sure has been a rocky, uh, a rocky road, and uh, well, that's, appreciate that, you, you taking on the subject. Yeah, uh, well, uh, th- thank you, Adam, and thank you for for, uh, for chiming in. And I, I do think it's been a rocky road, and yet we do know there's some talented kids in the pipeline, but for some reason it hasn't come together. And, and uh, you know, I know that the uh, U.S. Soccer Federation, you know, they just hired a new general manager in Ernie Stewart, and he takes over uh, uh, later this summer in August. And, of course, he's going to have yet another sort of uphill battle to figure all this out. And, and, and obviously he's experienced, uh, had a great playing career. But the question is, what is wrong? Another question is, U.S. Soccer Federation, I mean, who are they held accountable to? Who 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 talks to them? Who you know? What what? How how do they get around all this in terms of accountability? Usually with you know with uh, professional teams and other sports, if a team is not doing well, the fans uh, basically just either stop showing up to the games or don't watch the games on television or listen to them on radio. There's some sort of customer or, or client or or fans feedback. But U.S. Soccer Federation they sort of get a a free pass in all this because. Who who are they accountable to? Uh, that's a real concern. Let's go to um, let's go to Rob out in Ronkonkoma. Hi, Rob. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you, Rob? I just want to uh, just reflect on what the caller a couple of minutes ago said that the best players are not playing soccer. He's a hundred percent correct. Really? Uh-huh. I mean, you really uh, think that's true? Put out that. How how many guys on the soccer field look like NFL running backs? Well, take, take, a, take a look at, at, at what... You think LeBron around. James or Kevin Durant would do well in soccer? Uh, maybe not that body type. Well, that's what we're talking but, about, though, right? I mean, but my guy, sense is... Like, you know, like, like, take a look at some NFL running backs, some NFL wide receivers. They're bigger, they're faster, and they're stronger. It's not even close. So you're it's saying... Not even close. You're saying well, if Odell Beckham played soccer, uh, he'd, be, he'd be comparable to, uh, to Messi? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I, I'm not saying anything like that. What I'm saying is athletic ability. The uh, best athletes are not playing soccer. I would suggest <laughs> that, that, and I hear what you're saying, Rob. I'm just being devil's advocate here. I would say that in this country, and maybe I'm just being arrogant again, but there's such a surfl- uh, an affluence, there's such a, a, a surplus of great, great talented athletes uh, that there's so many to go around in all variety of sports that – Clearly, the kids who are who excel at soccer at a young age and and are good at it and are fast and have great uh, ability, I, I would think there's more than enough to be competitive, at least to be in the top 32 in the World Cup. Well, uh, in the top 32, no doubt that they, they, they dropped the ball there. But, but they should also be, you know, towards they should they should be a perennial powerhouse. And the reason I say that is should. I use, I use the example of Iceland with 300,000 people. I mean, you know, they don't have that many yeah, athletes. No. You know. We, we, we should absolutely be better. I mean, we have colleges all throughout America. We have, I mean, you have how many kids playing NCAA soccer every year? We should be better. Yeah, at yeah. But, so, oh, but look, again, oh. it goes back to still, even at the college level, the best athletes aren't playing soccer. I, I mean, I hate to say that. Well, but, I, I think, I, Rob, I hear you. Uh, but I, I, I honestly think I would, I would disagree. Anyhow, th- thank you for the call. My sense is there are so many talented athletes in this country. And when it comes to soccer, soccer was introduced here five years ago. It's been around for a long, long time, and we have 
you know, kids start out with ASO when they're five or six years old. They have the travel teams. There are club teams. There, there's a, a Major League Soccer. They have their own high schools for kids, like down in Philadelphia, who want to specialize in soccer. There are all sorts of Olympic development programs, and on and on and on. Soccer is everywhere in this country, not just in the, this area on the East Coast, but in Texas, in the West Coast, in Florida, everywhere. And yet, somehow, it's not working. We're not figuring out a way to get our best soccer players together to work as a team, to be competitive on on the world's largest sports stage when it comes to the World Cup. And that's my point. What is not working? All right. I got to take a timeout after the update. I'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Get at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. Ed Randall will be here. And, of course, he'll be talking baseball. It's Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'll be out there as well. Uh, as always, I invite you to check out my website and my blog uh, at askcoachwolf.com. Uh, and another quick uh, pop for uh, my new book, Secrets of a Sports Psychology Revealed. You know, unlike some other uh, recent books uh, that have been published about the, the mental side of sports, my book uh, really is written to concentrate on actual advice and prescriptive approaches to everything from uh, visualization techniques to, to how to make adjustments in your game to the myth about taking deep breaths in a tight spot in order to help you perform better. You know, that about, you know, you've heard this all the time. Coaches come out and say, well, take a deep breath. Well, you know, the fact is you really need to learn how to embrace and welcome those key and critical tight moments in a game not to try to run away or diminish them by taking deep breaths. Taking deep breaths, that's not going to help you. It's all about trying to understand, to embrace those critically uh, tight tight, uh, situations in in a game, and you have to learn how to cope with that. And that's all discussed in my new book. Again, The Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. You can get it on Amazon or bnn.com. Back to why Americans' men's soccer hasn't become a powerhouse and, and why it's so inconsistent. We know we're a nation that, that prides itself on its athletic accomplishments, yet we still haven't, we haven't sort of gotten over the hump when it comes to men's soccer. I'm taking your calls at one 337 6666 Let's go to, uh, let's go to Rick. Uh, Rick, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for bringing this subject up. It's something I've, been, I've thought about a lot. One of the issues is, for instance, the hosts on your own station mock soccer. They don't, they've never played it. They don't have children who are playing it in many cases. And uh, it's the same attitude in school. My sons both played soccer, mm-hmm. but all of the hoopla, all of the big parties, all of the uh, attention was on the football team or the basketball team, or in some cases even on the lacrosse team. The kids on the soccer team played because they wanted to play soccer, not because their schoolmates, friends, and in many cases, parents never played it. I never played soccer in high school myself, uh, and when I first started it, I thought it was just pack ball, and as I got into it and as I learned the rules and everything, I realized what a good sport it is, but it's not treated like the other major sports. You'd say Major League Soccer's been around 25 years. Well, Major League Soccer teams and play all year long 
but the only time they cover it at all in the news is when there's the international tournament. You don't see it on the back pages 365 well, days like you do NBA, etc. Let me, let me, I hear what you're saying, Rick, uh, but let me, let me interject this, and, and thanks for the call. Um, I, I do think, and I did not, as I mentioned, I didn't play soccer as a kid either. Uh, I, uh, but over the last few uh, decades, there have been some gradual shifts. And I can talk as, 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 a, as a father who had three kids who played sports. Um, when my son, uh, was going through uh, his youth and going through uh, high school. Uh, soccer, the, the the better athletes in his high school played soccer. They did not play football. It was like a reversal, as you mentioned. Well, you, football gets all the hype and so on to the high school level. At, but but at Byram Hills High School, soccer was the dominant sport, not football. And to this day, that's still true. So the better athletes in that generation were going to play soccer. And because they felt that's the way to get to the state championship, and they've done that many times. And the girls' side, the same thing. My youngest daughter was an outstanding athlete, and, and she you know, was all about soccer as well. I mean, so I do think that just the way the younger generation today is now about playing video games and e-games and whatever, and, you know, the, the, every generation has their own favorite sports, and I do see that, that there's been some shifts. Has it become predominant? Of course not. And I do see in the, on the highlights now a lot more of, of uh, you know, soccer uh, highlights from uh, local games. That's happening. But the fact remains that, that soccer in this country still is not the premier sport like, like football or baseball or basketball or hockey. It's getting there, but it hasn't happened yet. And so, again, we have to keep sensitive to the fact that every generation has its own particular favorites. But I do think soccer has made tremendous inroads. And don't forget, a lot of this has helped with soccer the concerns about football with concussion issues, and, and a lot of parents say, oh, I don't want my kid playing football. Uh, I'd rather have him play a safe sport, quote-unquote, a safe, in quote, sport like soccer. But if you see any high school soccer or club soccer in this country, you know it's a very, very violent sport, and concussions are a concern in soccer as well. So, again, it's just all in a matter of transition. Let's go, uh, let's go to Howard in Mansfield. Hey, Howard, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi, uh, first of all, I'm 90 years old. I'm going to be 90 years old this year. Great. And second, I saw Babe Ruth play. My father took me to Yankee Stadium when I was five years old, and I saw Babe Ruth play. And my father said, instilled in me, this is the sport. This is what we're going to have for the next 100 years. We're going to have baseball. And guess what? I'm still a baseball fan. I'm a Yankee fan. And that's the way I feel about it. And, and my generation, that down here where I live in an over 55 community, yep. they, they, don't, they never talk about soccer. They talk about, and guys my age play golf. There's guys my age that still go out and play softball. Yeah, but, and, but Howard, but I, 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 I just I said, and I'm thrilled that obviously you're a lifelong baseball fan, as am I. But the fact is, every generation finds its own way in terms of the sports they want to pursue. So, you know, you saw, you know, you, you know, baseball has been your passion for a long time, and that's wonderful, as it should be for, 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 for me as well. But the fact remains is that every kid, every generation, they find their own way when it comes to their sport. Um, but, you know, th- thank you for the call. I, you know, I just, again, soccer is much there's a lot more interest in soccer around the world than there is in the, in, in the United States. We accept that. However, we've seen the American 
men's soccer team and women's soccer team, of course, made tremendous strides in the last few decades. We just want to know how come the American men's team can't be more consistent and always play at that highest level against you know the powerhouses like like Spain and Italy and 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 uh, Germany and and Brazil, why Argentina? Why can't we be at that same level? Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Lou in Astoria. Good morning, Lou. How are you, Lou? How are you, how are you Lou? doing? Good. Good conversation. Even though I'm not popular with soccer, but the problem is the in other countries and and and, uh, and the and the rest of the world except us, they only have one choice. Actually, they all they play is hockey or soccer. Okay, here in America, we have choices. Okay, and that sport is, to be honest with you, I mean, like I got mentioned, Babe Ruth, he couldn't play soccer because it, it's too demanding, it's too physical. <laughs> that sport, I mean, let's face it, they don't play, they don't pay much money, okay? Even football that is physical, you, you stop playing once in a while. This this game is constantly moving around. It's crazy. I, would, I tell you, maybe if we had that choice, then that's what we're going to play. Well, but we have choices. But and, Lou, but Lou, but, but yeah. that's maybe that was true a long time ago. But we're, we're seeing. Like there, there are teams from the from uh, Central America in the World Cup, and they, those guys play baseball and other sports as well, basketball. Uh, you know, so I don't think that's necessarily going to hold a lot of water. Uh, and thanks for the call. I, I think that may have been true many, many years ago, but now we see where 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 all the sports around the world look. Look at the NBA. How many players in the NBA are coming from Europe or from South America or from Africa? So clearly the word's gotten out. We're not living in the 1970s anymore. We're living in 2018. And the reality is that if you're an athlete, there are so many opportunities, regardless of where you grow up in the world, you'll have a chance to pursue your passion in that sport. And, and that includes soccer as well as basketball, baseball, ice hockey, you name it. And obviously track and field too. It, it's just different. And, and I, I think that as we look for reasons or solutions for this, as I said, I, I don't know what the, the new general manager of U.S. soccer, uh, Ernie Stewart, I mean, I just wonder what he's going to do. How is he going to step, take a step back and figure out what's next to do in terms of, of the American mindset uh, to change the, 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 the men's soccer program, to get it to produce top-level, top-caliber uh, athletes uh, to compete at the highest level in the World Cup. Because I think ultimately, that's what we want to do. I mean, that to me is what it's all about. If you're going to play, you might as well p- compete and, and play to win at the highest levels. Uh, and that's, that to me is, is what w- is the, frustration, the frustrating part about this is that we can't seem to get over the hump. The women's program, they figured it out. Why can't the men? All right, let me take a pause. I'll come back with some more comments. So what's what's the solution? What's the answer to American men's soccer? We covered a lot of ground this morning, a lot of great calls uh, as usual. Do we need better coaching, particularly at the youth level? Uh, is it because we just need a whole different mindset? And maybe Ernie Stewart, the new general manager, will bring that uh, to American men's soccer. We need to be perhaps more, I don't know, more creative, think out of the box when it comes to our, our approach. Do we have the best athletes playing soccer? Well, as I mentioned, I think today's generation of kids, a lot of kids love soccer, just like a lot of kids love playing basketball or football. And I think that's uh, we are getting great athletes playing American men's soccer. 
Is is it is it the club programs? Is it is it too expensive? Uh, have the club teams become, uh, you know, kids get to a point where they say, I can't afford this anymore, and uh, I just go play something else. Um, or quite frankly, is there enough scoring in soccer? We can talk about that. Maybe kids today, the American kids like to score, whether it's hockey or basketball or football. Maybe in soccer, there's just not enough scoring, and that's the concern that makes kids sort of. You know, leave the sport when they get to be in their teenage years. Anyhow, we'll see what happens the next World Cup. Uh, for today, that's it for me. My thanks this morning to Kara and Galante. Happy Father's Day, everybody. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.